<clears throat> Today's sponsor is uh, G Fuel with uh, PewDiePie. And boy, I would puke on these pies. I for American Pie. I used to whip it on the cream until. Welcome to episode 61 of the Off and Beat podcast. I am again your host, Clint. Um, just me, Noah. As a J. Cole would say, who needs features when I've gone platinum? And uh, I can't even probably afford a platinum watch, but I've gone platinum. I've got a bronze, gold. And she took my money. Even though it's always funny how uh, the irony of the whole music video with Gold Digger is she took my money. But then the person he ended up marrying is probably like one of the few people that had the same net worth as him. And she hasn't taken any money from him. So I would say he chose a great partner. People shit on Kim K all the time. Which is fine. You want to make jokes about her sex tape with Ray J. Um, you know, I'm pretty sure if she did have one wish, it would be to get rid of the sex tape. But apparently there's a second one out. Even though it is whack to me, if I'm keeping it 100. Shout out to Whack 100 for being whack about that. Um, people shit on Kim K. I don't get it. All the things that we would praise for woman empowerment and praise for entrepreneurship she's really she's really like rihanna you know without the music and stuff like that i mean they both have fucked drake and they both have been involved with kanye in some type of beef and wow it's like a great fantastic four kim k kanye rihanna drake man talk about power couples that would have been you know, is weird to me because I feel like Kim K is actually a positive, influential person. People talk about like the ass pics. Has she had plastic surgery? Probably, but honestly, she looks more natural than some people who haven't had plastic surgery. So what if they, you know, touch up their pics for the IG? Who cares? At the end of the day, who cares? I would argue, who cares? Why do they care enough to do all that? Just to appear for an image? Hey, it is what it is. She's got a billion dollar empire. Just by herself. Her sister's got hundreds of millions and billions. I mean, something's going right. All all I'm saying is... I'm not saying, you know, put Kim Kardashian in the history books and, you know, put her as, like... The top 10 most influential person of the past like 25 years or the past century when your grandkids are in school. I'm not saying she should be claimed as like the next Martha Ford or the Rosa Parks or nothing like that. But, you know, I think there's people that have done worse things for money. She has her own business, Fashion Line. She took advantage of. Uh, the social media age and reality TV and people say what they want it's the number one reality show in the history of television and I'm not gonna lie I peeped a few episodes here and there 
when I used to have cable. It will come on E or if I'm staying at a hotel. Um, you know, it's through the channel guide, you know. Oh, of course, I want to see if Lamar, you know, cheated on Chloe again. It's always a great storyline. It's like... I just think that maybe, maybe, you know, maybe there should be more positivity. You know, maybe there should be more of a positive woman empowerment. I feel like there's certain women that are empowered as influential figures, but are probably not the best representative of that. And I'm not going to say any names because I'm not here to drag anyone down. I'm not someone to drag someone to build someone else up, build someone else up. But I think Kim Kim K is a pretty smart individual. Um, if you want to talk, you know, people talk about it. there was a, you know, there was a whole thing going out recently. What would you rather? I believe it was. Would you rather five hundred thousand dollars? Or would you rather have a 30-minute sit-down or an hour sit-down with Jay-Z and ask whatever questions and learn whatever you wanted to learn? And, of course, you know, the people that want to overthink it are like, want to talk about business. Oh, well, you know what? That 30 minutes to hour you learn from him, you know, you could, uh, you know, that's a lifetime worth of knowledge and you know, yeah, you're turning down the temporary money for a long-term gain and all that shit. It's like, or you're just turning down a free $500,000, but you could have used $500,000 and put partial, and put a good bit into it, into maybe learning about business or use that money to start, you know, to have some money to jumpstart, to pour money and money to reimburse and to rotate in your business. But of course, we're like, nah, I'm just going to take this hour sit down. And although Jay-Z is obviously knows what the hell he's talking about, you could learn a lot in an hour. You'd be idiotic if you're truly passionate about that. And if you don't have money, right? If you have, like, if Jeff Bezos sits down with him or someone that's making millions a year already and they're trying to elevate that, then yeah, of course, it would make sense to take that meeting and you wouldn't need the money. But you're an idiot. You're an absolute fucking idiot if you don't take that $500,000. And don't tell me, like, you gotta think the long game. It's like, yeah, you know what? Realistically, um, 90% of businesses fail, and which means you are not gonna get your return, which means if you turn down free money, you're a fucking idiot. I'm sorry. Like, you could talk about long-term, short-term, and all this shit. If you turn down $500,000 in exchange for an hour sit-down, I don't care if you have an hour sit-down with the smartest motherfucker that's ever been on this earth. Because you can learn wealth of knowledge, and that's great and all. There's only so much of that you can retain in one hour. You can have your notepad and take all the fucking notes you want. Or you could have used part of that money to just kind of Learn on your own type of thing. Or to go and invest it into school or courses. To learn about business in the general sense. You know. And I get it. But all those people. The dumb. Th- the 
thing that's fucking dumb with those type of questions, in my opinion, <laughs> is the simple fact that it's just really people wanting to try to be people trying to outthink the room, people trying to think quote unquote bigger picture on everything and trying to be quote unquote too smart about everything. Because if you take the thing, if you take the answer that makes less sense, you must make more sense. If that even makes any fucking sense, let me tell you, it doesn't make many, it doesn't make much sense. I'm not saying it never applies, but I'm saying more times than not, it doesn't. You're just trying to, you're just trying to think just to think, right? And I'm all about critically thinking for yourself, but I just think it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to turn down a free $500,000 that you could use to elevate whatever you're trying to elevate. But what the fuck do I know? And of course, people will comment, hashtag, uh, only real business people get it, 100. It's like, yep, um, you don't even have a job. Or you don't even have the business to talk about business. You have just as much merit to talk about business as me, which is fine. I'm not a business expert. I'm not a caring civil, right? But I do know common sense. And common sense in all facets of life, in all walks of life, will always apply. There's always, you know, of course there's going to be things you have to learn. You have to research your own. You have to have knowledge of. You have to learn on your own merit. But your life, your life experience of common sense to me is will get you. It's what's going to help you keep sane in this life. Common sense will can get you past a lot of shit. Because it's like the people talk about street smarts and uh, you know, uh, or you know, uh, book smarts type of thing. The reality is, you need both. Um, you can't just be so one-sided. You can't be someone who just relies on analytics, data, and equations, and provisions. Because and... sometimes, even in those fields, if you're in the hospital room, right, and someone's liver is cut open, right, you know all the things you, you know, by the textbook. But if you see something bleeding, if there's a hole, there's an air sac that's seeping air. You know, by the textbook, well, you know, we have to take this to do this. It's like, or, you know, common sense would probably say, hey, we need to take care of this now and do something to stop this bleeding through the air sac right now, or this person's gonna die. Common sense would say, hey, fuck it, do it now. Not, oh, we'll do the protocol. Protocols makes, if someone walks in, if a person walks in, and oh, my stomach's not feeling well, another person walks in, and they have a Chris Weidman leg, because they just snapped their leg in half in the UFC octagon. If you know Chris Weidman's leg, you can look it up. Um, you're probably going to treat Chris Weidman, Chris Weidman's leg first, then someone who, oh, uh, I feel like I ate some undercooked meat today. Yeah, you know what? Uh, Chris Weidman's legs, legs snap in half. There's, sorry, you get skipped. Sometimes there's things is more important to fix than your minor issue. Common sense. But, oh, first come, first serve. It's like, mm. um, in most cases, yes. But sometimes common sense prevails. It's not first come, first serve. It's 
Who the fuck needs attention first? What do I know, though? I'm just... I'm just a guy who has no business talking about business. Kim K is a very influential person. I'm not saying I listen to her quotes. I'm not saying I go to her IG to get inspiration from her sunglass pics on the beach with, you know, her children. But I'm not even saying they don't have shady things that happen in their family. I'm not saying they've never uh, screwed people over. I'm not saying any of that. What I am saying, if we're talking about business, we're talking about empire, building something of sort, I think they are as successful as it gets in that field from a popularity standpoint. When we're talking about celebrities and stuff. Because of course there's people much richer than them, but you don't care about someone that's making $60 billion who lives in the Cayman Islands because they're really good at investment, investing and moving portfolios and stocks around. You would rather make $1 billion. You would rather have a $1 billion empire and have the fame. I really do believe, like, would you sacrifice a portion of money for celebrity and fame? I'm not talking about, like, would you rather be making $100,000 a year and be so fucking famous, or would you rather be making $20 million a year and not being famous? I'm saying, like, if the margins are close. It's close enough, but it's enough of a trade-off where it makes it have to think about it. Is it worth it? I, I feel like a lot more people than you would uh, like to believe would uh, choose. They would choose a little less money with more fame. Because with that more fame, it fills voids that money can't type of thing. Now they get too zen here. But, yeah. Oh, Kimmy, Kimmy. Can you kiss me? Let's see. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, would you, uh, oh. There's a little, a little mouse was going around the house. Cinderella was cooking some bread. Being a little, being like a little maid. Little house in the prairie type of vibe. Little mouses were going around the house to go under Cinderella's blouse. And... As Cinderella was twirling around the kitchen, remember this was at like early 1900s, so it was pretty normal then. I'm pretty sure if they would do that now, it would be considered very sexist for someone to be able to, you know, be self-reliable. But anyways, um, she was sitting around, she was walking around the kitchen, she noticed these little mouses running around. She freaks out. This was before she was friends with little mouses. And as she uh, freaks out, one of the mouse is like, Hello, Cinderella. And, of course, she screams because she doesn't see animals talk. This is real life. And there was no reference of a Disney movie. So, real life was just real life. And she freaks out, runs out of the room. And as she runs out of the room, 
there's a little there's a little vase right by the door. And as she's walking to the door, she's running so goddamn fast. The wind just makes the vase the for, the combination of the floor she's running on and the wind it makes the it makes the vase on the uh, little table it was sitting on shake a little. She notices it and she grabs it real quick for it to stop. And she runs up the stairs trying to escape the mouse. She goes up the stairs, goes in the bathrooms, locks the door. So of course, like a minute, minute and a half later, she's freaking out. Right? She's like, "Oh my god!" Huh. She's like looking for like mouse traps in the kitchen. It's like for anything to possibly kill it, you know, like brooms. And she creeps the door back open. She's checking the coast, kind of like if you're going out of your room at 6 a.m. and you're getting ready for school and you're just waiting for your cat to scratch your shins to start your day. Because, you know, cats have nothing else better to do except antagonize a sixth grader's shins. Um, so, I... So, I don't know why I said I. So, <laughs> uh, Cinderella's holding a broomstick. And she's creepily looks, checks the coast. Seeing if there's anything getting in the way. She starts creeping step by step by step back down the stairs. She goes down the stairs. As she goes down the stairs, she steps on the last step. And the front door is right there where she's about to open it and run out. Right? As she turns the doorknob, right from under the table where the vase was, the mouse runs out like, hey, Cinderella, don't freak out. And of course, she freaks out. And she starts slamming the broomstick down. There's three of these little mouses. She starts slamming it down, trying to kill them. They're like, stop, but we're not trying to hurt you. Well, oh, Cinderella, Cinderella, home. And of course, she she's like freaking out. Like she's not really focused, so she accidentally she loses track of the broomstick. And from the tip of the stick to the tip of the vase, next thing you know, she hits it. And as she hits it, she realizes, "Holy fuck, this thing's gonna fall, and I can't save it." So it falls on the ground. Vase breaks. Directly in half, and then a few crumbles here and there, just like little, just like little uh, cue pieces that your daughter will use to cut herself. Nothing too serious. But she never. Here's the thing. She never knew what was in the vase. So she noticed. Hmm. There's this long piece of paper that came out of the vase, and. There's like some dust from the debris and there's like some, there's still part of the glass over this piece of paper and it's folded, it's folded in a long cylinder, right? Kind of like the Declaration of Independence. It's rolled up. So she sees it and she doesn't know she should because she doesn't even know what's in this vase. She doesn't know she even has the right. She doesn't know she feels guilty. She feels she's being nosy. 
The mouse are nowhere inside. They ran off, I guess, to hide. So she picks up. She picks up the piece of paper. She rolls it down. Rolls down the scroll. Like you would the Declaration of Independence. And on the piece of paper. She can't believe what she sees. She says. As she's reading it aloud I must preface. From. Your mouse. She notices. Oh. This is from the mouse. They put from the mouses. They said. We are going to kill you. So now she's in a confusing place. Because they seem like they were harmless. She was just more freaked out. They were telling her we're here for you. We're not here to hurt you. But then on this note it says. We are here to kill you. And it says dot 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 dot. And it says. She knows she reads a little bit farther down. It says. Go to the bottom. It says. Keep going to the bottom. And it's nothing but dots 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 dot 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 dots. And at the bottom. In the smallest of fonts. There's. Two words. That's just at the fine print at the bottom. Kind of like the equivalent would be checking a trademark or a copyright on a piece of paper. And at the bottom it says, with kindness. And as she reads it aloud, she starts laughing because she realizes these mouses are fucking funny. And the mouses come out and they're laughing like, see, we were just kidding. And they all started laughing. She's like, what are y'all's names? One guy said, Charles. The other mouse said, Ted. And the other said, Ted. And she said, well, do you have a last name? Charles. Charles said, Manson. The other Ted, Bundy. The third Ted, Kaczynski. She's like, aw. Those are cute little names. You guys want to have cereal? They're like, oh, we will. So as they're walking back to the kitchen, she gets like these little teacups where she makes their cereal. She sets their little table up. And uh, she sets them like little... Little old, yeah, I think this is like the early 1900s, so we're talking about brand cereal, we're talking about life, we're talking about Cheerios type of blandness. It's probably just like some corn flakes, right? Not even frosted flakes, corn fucking flakes. And as they're eating stuff, they're like, oh, you know, they're like, wow, this is so good, Cinderella. Like, it's like, is there anything else? Do you guys want any eggs? You guys want, it's like, you know, we'll take some eggs. So she's like, I got you. Enjoy your cereal. I will make it. So she, you know, she's preheating the stove or whatever. She's got the eggs out. She's about to crack some eggs in there. And she's looking down. She's just humming her little, 
humming a little tune to herself. Then next thing you know, she feels something on her shoulder, almost like a spider. She looks over on her left, and it's Charles. She's like, oh, Charles, what are you doing? Now, the other one, it's uh, Ted. Oh, hey, Ted. And then she notices, like, under her feet, it's the other Ted. She's like, aw. I haven't felt this much, you know, companionship or just friendship with people. They're like, we haven't either. And uh, from the kitchen table, she notices... Wait, why do you all have the silverware? Why do you, one of you has a fork, one of you has a knife, and the other you has a spoon. What are you guys doing? And they're like, sorry, Cinderella. And, uh, Charles and Ted stabbed her on each side of the neck. And, uh, the other Ted from below. Was um just dripping, was trying to catch the dripping blood from her neck. And they pull, and then they're like, oh, we got a better idea. So they grab a, they grab one of their cereal bowls and they lay all their cereal bowls to catch all the blood. And uh, then when she fell to the ground and died, then uh, the mouses went back up to the table. And um, Mary Poppins came home and said, Oh, a spoonful of sugar makes the medicine go down. And then the mouses started singing along as they're slurping Cinderella's blood. So that's when I found out that the medicine that Mary Poppins was talking about all along was Cinderella's blood. Wow, talk about a killer time. We don't want to be buried in that controversy. All because of a note in a vase. I guess that's what happens when you're nosy fucks. You don't have to know everything. You break a vase, ashes or papers or anything that comes in there is suspicious. Maybe uh, don't read it. Just leave it on the ground. Just run out. Or just don't acknowledge it happened. Just walk over it. So what if your cat accidentally eats it and chokes on glass? Hey, it's better than, you know, you getting your neck stabbed. But what do I know, man? What do I know? I don't know, but I know. If I know, you will know that I know in a time. She said... Imagine if we made a Disney film And I stabbed your neck and it dripped into the bowl of cereal with no milk Oh, talk about a dry spoonful But yeah, uh, Cinderella did not have a very magical day There was no Prince Charming to, you know, defend her I guess she was on that independent woman craze. I'm kidding. But you know, I guess the glass, I guess the glass uh, didn't fit for different reasons. Um, because you know, the glass vase and not exactly her magical happy ending, as the kids would say. 
not exactly her horse in the carriage ride. Now she's going to be having like a JFK funeral the- over the grassy knoll. Except um, it's not going to be celebrated because she's a fucking fictional character. You know, actually, I remember in college, I took this, uh, I took this, it was called technically some different, but it was basically conspiracy class every like two weeks, right? It was kind of like a three month class instead of a four month class. It only kind of has like a half credit, which I found out later on, which kind of pissed me off, but I actually enjoyed the class. But every two weeks we would dive deep into a different conspiracy. We did, I mean, we did the JFK one for like a fucking month. We did the JFK, we did the MLK, uh, Robert F. Kennedy conspiracy, where did JFK's brother Robert, did he kind of, uh, did he get assassinated because he was going to enforce all of MLK's policies after he died? You know, things of that nature. You know, all the Bermuda Triangle kind of we did. Um, You know, the war on Vietnam. Just a lot of uh, Watergate, all those type of conspiracies, type of shit that have been widely talked about. We we talked about. Forgot where I was going with this. Oh yeah. But you know what really did what what that class really opened me up to. That can the word conspiracy has this negative connotation when you hear the word conspiracy. It's automatically considered this person's lunatic. Like Eddie Bravo on the Joe Rogan show. His issue though is that he... Like people believe if you believe in one conspiracy. You have to believe in all conspiracies. And vice versa. Well you can't even believe it. You can't even dive deep in the one conspiracy. Because if you do then that means you must believe. That you know. Uh, the rich are drinking kids blood. Like. It's like no... Two things can be true. Like, I don't think it's a big... I don't think people just out here... I don't... I don't think this whole, like, Illuminati thing is as prevalent as people want to make it. The Freemasonry. Like, oh yeah, there's no free... The Freemasons and stuff like that. Like, there's... There's a lot of, um... The thing is, I don't believe conspiracies are just brought out of thin air. To me, I believe in every single conspiracy. There is a fair amount of truth to it, right? But the question you got to ask when you're breaking down a conspiracy theory or if you want to get behind one is how much of this is plausible? How much of this is... I wouldn't even use the word believable because sometimes the most unbelievable things are true and sometimes things that seem exactly what it is turn out not to be. Or like when people talk about 9-11. Was it actually an internal attack from us that we actually had to have to reset our economy, to reset the unity, to reset um, people's... to be on alert? Because when you have people on alert... When you have citizens on alert about things, you could possibly have a better chance of controlling because people become so fearful that they just want to be safe. And if they believe the government saved us from this happening again, then, you know, maybe we have some, 
then maybe we can have faith in our government, which is a whole irony that the way for a government to think that we can create trust with the people again is to make them question us on an extreme level where we cost lives, where we basically sacrifice our own citizens because we wanted to prove a point. Which, by the way, is not one of the most uncommon things in history. It has happened a lot where they have sacrificed people who did not volunteer to be sacrificed for. But how much of that is reasonably plausible, right? Is it even worth focusing on why that happened? Is it even worth focusing on... It, or was it used was it used as a distraction? I guess what I'm trying to say is, is it even worth as a person who would conspiracy who would theorize of the real reason for 9/11, or the real reason for Watergate, the real reason for all these things that are wishy-washy, for why they happen? Is it even worth trying to focus on? every little thing for why it happened or is it more important to focus on the aftermath of the reality of the aftermath of that and of course the answer is always somewhere in the middle it matters how like the reason why things happen matter a lot it's everything but at the same time you know what happened happened you can't like Is it all, was it all internally created by, by the U.S. government? Maybe. I'm not going to pretend like I'm, I, I remember every little detail that's questionable. All I know is there's a lot of insider, tr- there's a lot of insider weird stuff, right? That's weird with 9-11. It's also, now. Also, I don't want to say credit, but I think something that people got to realize is how hard it is to actually direct a plane into a specific direct destination by hijackers. I'll tell you my theory is... I don't think the people that hijacked the plane were, to me, there's no way someone hijacked a plane. Because typically when someone hijacks a plane and they wreck it, it's it's a complete random place they wreck it. Because they don't know what they're doing when they're flying a plane particularly. They may have a minute knowledge, but they're not out here being pilots. They're not out here being pilots for, you know, the U.S. government. Like, they're not out here flying freaking uh, stealth bombers, or they're not doing air traffic shows, you know, for the people. I don't, to me, the thing that doesn't make sense about 9-11, my one, like, conspiracy, and I don't really sit here and dwell on it too much, because the impact of it, it matters more than worrying about who really hacked it. It's like, whatever happened, it's fucked up. And a lot of people lost their lives over it. I don't think it was a complete... I don't think it was completely Al-Qaeda that 
hijack the planes. I do think Al-Qaeda hijacked the planes. But I think the person that they had flying the plane... I think the person they have flying the plane wasn't the pilot. Because I don't see how a pilot... Because they hijacked the plane, the hijackers took over the cockpit. Because as an airline pilot, you would not crash into a building. If you're all going to die anyways on the plane, it makes no sense for them as the pilot to crash into the fucking building and kill more people when they're going to die anyways. So the hijackers had to hijack the plane and take over the cockpit and drive it and fly it into the Twin Towers. But you can't just get anyone, no matter how trained they are in military and stuff, and just have them fly a plane into a direct destination. A very particular small destination as well. Like, you know, yeah, the buildings are tall. But you gotta have people that actually know how to fucking work an airplane. So the person they had to have hijacked those planes had to be people that knew how to fly a commercial airline. Because flying a commercial airline is a lot different than flying a private, like just small little plane. It's really different, as far as my knowledge. So I think maybe my conspiracy is maybe that. They had a, they trained someone to fly these planes. Um, America did. Because there was a whole trading and stuff with them internally, insider trading. They didn't want, and Al-Qaeda was going to expose things or whatever. So, it was kind of like a trade-off. We'll let you do this if you promise not to expose this. And this by default, because unfortunately tragedy, and unfortunately shitty things form people together and it's an unfortunate reality of not only in america but most countries when a tragic event happens it takes something like that for them to have people come together and ignore what's happening globally and be so instantly focused on what's happening to you and that you can ignore all this weird shit that's going on. And it doesn't take... It's almost like when you're grieving from someone after someone close to you dies. It's almost like it doesn't really hit you until like maybe a couple months later, randomly. Like if a close friend of you dies, of course you go hurt and cry when it happens. But like you're not... You don't really truly process it and really see it for what it is and realize, oh... This is real until like a month, month and a half later. It may take when you get to the memorial type of thing. I think with 9-11, when people really started to dig deep of, wait, some of this shit doesn't make sense. Was maybe like a year or months and months after that. Because everyone was so worried about reuniting America, showing we're going to rise above this, creating this unity again that maybe we lost along the way, the patriotism aspect. And it's, and I do think that's a factor because that's why, like, when you really think about it, and I'm not advocating for this, obviously, 
But it's really crazy when you think about it how terrorist attacks don't happen more often. When you really think about how not hard it is to... I think you could be sitting at Chili's. Sorry to use extreme. So you could just be sitting eating dinner at Chili's. Someone could walk in with a bomb under their jacket and shit. And blow up and blow up the whole place. And there was nothing you could have done to stop it. There's no freaking security check at the front type of thing. Someone could walk into New York City, Times Square. They could walk into whatever fucking big towering building and suicide bomb. And it would not be that hard. Again, please don't do this. All I'm saying is... The craziness that this doesn't happen more often says that 99.9999% of people, even the most fucked up of people, wouldn't do that. They would self-harm and not affect anyone else and whatever. To do something like that, it has to be something with a bigger, has to be something bigger than just we want to send a message. And that's the real conspiracy. Like, what is the real message than just, oh, we want to, we're tired, like Al-Qaeda, and, you know, they're tired of fucking people, they're tired of America fucking with them, and disrespecting them, and doing some shady shit towards them. I don't know. I feel like I rambled way too much about conspiracy. I, I guess my point about conspiracy is what... Is when people hear the word conspiracy. The word conspiracy is not a troubling word. It's actually a very common. It's a common feeling. It's a common thought to have. And all conspiracies don't come out of thin air. All of them come from something. Now maybe what the conspiracy has turned into over time. Or the extreme that some people have made it. That's where it gets where you can't even take it serious. Like, when people talk about, oh, the rich, all rich celebrities drinking human baby blood. Chances are, there probably is a couple wackos out there. Probably Scientology. Probably some weird, extreme people that are really high up there. Yeah, some of them probably do. But when you start when you start saying, oh, Channing Tatum. You know, it's weird how his body just resurgently changed in six months that's such a he and no HGH, no steroids. The only way you could have got this was baby blood and Scientology. It's like mm. again, it's when the conspiracy gets extreme, where it just oh, like it's the ultimate. Like this is why this is. It's like no, there's there's truth to it, and you should. It's okay to say yeah, I believe in this conspiracy. Maybe not to the extreme of what the extreme conspiracy theorists are all deep into it. But, yeah. I believe almost every conspiracy you think of. Aliens. Of course they probably exist. Now, what to what extreme? And how often do they really, like... Come on. like If, if we were going to have an Independence Day with the aliens, we probably would have had it by now. If they really wanted to do that shit. That's obviously not what they really care to do. There's, like... There's visiting. And maybe it's like, oh, they're letting us know their presence, so we're fearful of them. And we're so focused on them that we don't actually see what they're really doing. And they're going to take over. It's like, okay, 
probably not that deep into it, but hey, man. Hopefully, when the aliens come down here, they uh, we have an alien versus predators, and they just the aliens take out all the child predators. Then I bet we would all become allies with the aliens. Like, you know what? Come crack a cold one. And they're like, uh, we kind of are cold. We're always in fucking space where it's negative 18 million degrees, you fucking asswipes. Why do I want a fucking cold beer? Jesus Christ. But conspiracy, conspiracy, conspiracy. Ironically, conspiracy now is a conspiracy within itself. Because people will f- make you focus on all the lunacy, the, n- the negative, the extremism of a conspiracy. That distracts you from the conspiracy. So really they're doing, they're creating conspiracy behind conspiracies. And that's their conspiracy. And they say all conspiracies are from people who are lunatics and people who are in their mom's basement type of shit. It's like... I don't know, some of these conspiracies have fucking documentaries on Netflix and made millions of dollars off it. So, it's obviously very profitable. Again, it comes back to, like, Kim Kardashian. Common sense. Just use common sense. If something... It's like I was taught growing up. Don't piss on me and tell me it's raining. If it walks like a duck quacks like a duck it's probably a fucking duck but of course people are like hmm, i know it walks like a duck i know it quacks like a duck i know it makes noises like a duck but for some reason i want to call it a geese just because i want to you know a conspiracy behind a conspiracy is a conspiracy it's all just a circle of conspiracy. All right. I think I'm going to wrap that conspiracy up there. Uh, well, that was episode 61 of the Off and Beat Podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe. And uh, follow the IG. Trust issues. And oh, yeah. Don't forget to suck some titties. And uh, clench my cheeks. And I mean my face. All day in the sun. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys. Have a great day. And um, don't be afraid to admit that you believe in conspiracy. Don't let these anti-conspiracy, because you know why? Because they're hiding. They're the ones in hiding. They're the ones who don't get it.